The opinions expressed on That's a Foul do not reflect the view of any organization to which the host or guest are affiliated or employed. Got my friend Damon Newman on today. We're talking work-life balance, American water polo, refereeing, and the nothing place. Let's do it. Sports are an integral part of my life, specifically officiating. I've met a lot of interesting people on deck and on the sidelines. From referees to evaluators, coaches to administrators, and players to fans, each one has a story to tell, and that's a foul is the place to tell them. Each episode, we'll dive into personal and professional lives to see how we can all be a little better tomorrow. I'm Chad Packer, and this is That's a Foul. So Damon and I refereed a tournament together in the early spring uh, before the shutdown. Between him, Jason, and myself, we refereed some competitive games, but just as importantly, we had some time between games to talk and get to know one another. After Friday's games, we went back to the hotel and then walked to a bar across the street and uh, had some dinner together, and then the conversation continued up on into the room afterwards. Uh, Damon and I spent a good deal of time talking about fatherhood, And, of course, we talked about water polo. You know, Damon devotes a lot of his time to promoting water polo through American water polo and through his refereeing of collegiate and high school water polo programs on the East Coast. It's always good to talk with him. So let's learn a little bit more about Damon in quarter one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad you uh, jumped on here. I know we had communicated a couple of months ago about maybe the opportunity, but work's been kind of getting a little crazy for me so hopefully i can get that momentum back in because i was throwing them out once a week uh now it's kind of turned into every other week just because we'll see how yeah it work that work, work work gets in the way right it work does gets in the way sometimes. Of life sometimes yeah sometimes and then i'm trying to for the for the first fall since whatever i think it was 1989 this is the first fall i haven't had water polo so now i got all these projects i can do like i aerated the lawn and Wow, look at you. I thought about I'm doing like, that. This is great. I got I got time to do this. I have to slam it into a Sunday, you know what I mean? So, so now they're taking over. It's great. I love it. You're aerated the lawn. I th- I thought about doing that. I borrowed my I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna do it. Unless yeah. I had like an aerator or but I, I didn't have one. So I was like, right. I'm not gonna bother. Today is the first day where I can definitively say we've had 10 street hours of rain. Since I can remember, we've had, so we've some, we've had zero some weather. Summer. Yeah. 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 It's been a beautiful fall, though. Yeah. I'll tell you that I'll take fall any day. I love the fall and the spring. Yeah. It's been beautiful out. So, you know, mid 60s, low 70s. Perfect way to play golf. I, 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 I enjoy it for sure. Yeah. Have you lived in Philadelphia all your life? Uh, yeah. For the most part. I mean, I, I did spend some time in like Vermont and. Colorado, uh, you know, California, but you know, years upon years, I would say it's been Philadelphia. And then when I went to school in New York, um, where'd you go to school in New York? Uh, Iona. Okay. Yeah. Ah, the yeah, Gales. So, uh huh. Yeah. New Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an Iona Gale. Yeah. I played water polo there and I worked there for a couple of years afterwards. And yeah, we still keep up. It's a pretty cool um, community for, for water polo. Um, you know, Brian Kelly, the coach there, he, he's a really good friend of mine. And uh, we kind of came up, he, he was pretty young when I first started there. So he was like, 
um, you know, one of those things where he's for a couple of years out of college, I'm a college student, you know, and it's a, you got to go grow up together kind of, you know, sure. to a certain extent, but uh, yeah, we maintain a pretty good friendship and they've got a really good, uh, they do a really great job just keeping in touch with the alumni, having an alumni game. So the community of like, I know a lot of people through Iona water polo. So it's a, it's a really cool connection and, you know, something I, that to this day, I'm, I'm really thankful for. Did you get recruited to there or did you, or were you kind of looking for a place or like, did you play in high school? How did, how did you um, make that jump from high school to playing collegiate varsity stuff? I was, uh, I've played in high school. Yeah. I started playing like when I was in eighth grade, you know, I swam all my life, obviously, you know, you know, the story, right. You swam all your life. You know, I didn't do any, I was just talking to my wife the other day. I was like, I don't think I ever did anything but swim. You know, I think I played, I played, I played little league baseball. I didn't play basketball. I didn't play soccer. We just swam, you know, Hmm. summer times, winter times. Parents would just drop us off. And I was terrible. I wasn't terrible. I wasn't a terrible swimmer, but I was terrible. Like me and my brother would just be looking back on it. I don't even know how, like coaches, man, they, they, I was, we were just terrible, terrible little kids to them, you know? Sure. Just like cutting laps, going to the bathroom, like, (laughs) We just didn't want to be there. You know, we, we liked it to a certain extent. We're just like, you know, it, it was just like one of those things where you're just like, Oh my God, how did that coach not like kick me out of practice all the time? You know? Um, but then I found water polo really. We, it's pretty like, it's pretty pop. I mean, relatively popular in Pennsylvania outside of Philly. So, you know, started playing water polo at Villanova when I was a kid, eighth grade, Dan was my first coach. Hmm. Um, at this club team it's called young athletes of America. They used to play out of Villanova. They still do. It's just called something else now. Um, it's called greater Philly water polo, but yeah, young athletes of America. And I just started playing and just, you know, fell in love with the sport. One of the things that I can tell, uh, about Brian is that he there's pressure to win, but there's a lot of pressure to make sure that you're getting the right kids into school and you're keeping them there. Yeah, And I've always, I just, I just really, really like the way that Brian commands the sidelines, if you will. He's not, he, he, he will tell you about the right things. He doesn't complain about the wrong things. <clears throat> he, he doesn't, he doesn't embarrass his kids. You can tell no. that he's just in it for the right things. I think there's a lot to the fact that he's been there for gosh, almost what, 25, 30 yeah. years almost. I mean, he's a little bit now. older than me. I think he was the winningest coach in Iona water polo or Iona history. Uh-huh. I think, you know, you're, you're there for, you know, close to 30 years. I mean, Jesus, what is it? 2020. I think he started in, um, I think he probably graduated college, maybe 93. Anyway, it's been there for close, probably close to 30 years. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, like I, rec- I basically was like, oh, I want to play water polo in college. And I was like, I was either going to go try to go, I was either going to go to the university or Island. And like walk onto the sailing team because that was something I that I okay. that I was passionate about too. Like I could sail in the summer times. Um, we would go to you know Margate City, New Jersey, down the shore, and I would sail uh, in the summers. We'd sail like uh, small boats. So that was something I was really into when I was a kid. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna play water polo, or I'm gonna go sail. And I didn't really care about the academics because. I don't know. It wasn't really a driving factor for me. 
<laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, you know, obviously you look back and you're like, well, you know, you probably should have made different decisions, but you know, when you're a kid, you're trying to base these base yeah. things on like what you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I wouldn't say that I was like super passionate about school. Um, but you know, nonetheless, it was, you know, led me to Iona and I would remember, I remember just, you know, in the infancy stages of, you know, Brian's coaching and just, you know, calling somebody up on the phone and then, you know, getting their roommate and talking to, you know, you know, being put right. on hold and, and, you know, and, and like, you know, really kind of going after and talking to coaches and probably really only talking to Brian and, um, you know, then showing up on campus and having like a small recruiting class. And by my, my junior and senior year, we were pretty good relatively speaking, but my first couple of years was pretty lean, you know, but I played as much as I, more than I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I got great experience and, you know, I kind of just grew into it. Did you go to Philadelphia after that? I went to, um, I graduated from college. I like stayed in the area. I coached in like in Connecticut, um, and like Wilton, Wilton, they had a water polo team and I like a Fairfield County area. Uh, they used to have a water polo team. So I, I worked there for a number of years, two years, and I was the assistant coach at Iona. And then I just um, went to Colorado for for a year, just snowboarding with my buddies. Um, so I was like kind of delaying, uh, you know, <laughs> de delaying what would be like, you know, getting uh, like, you know, kind of settling down and, into a job job, right? Right. Kind of just following my passions, which was happened to be at the time, you know, snowboarding and we were just, you know, snowboarding and, and, you know, working odd jobs and stuff like that. Keep you, keep you busy. And then I moved to Vermont. I did the same thing for a year there. Then I took a job coaching job in, in, uh, at Villanova. And so okay. I moved back to the area because I'm looking at the date and I'm like, man, well, what is it? I think that was 2006. Okay. So 2006, I moved back to Philly, you know, outside Philly and, and took the job there and started working for CWPA. Okay. As I took the job at Villanova, I was a part-time head coach at the time. Sure. Which, I mean, any if you do any kind of varsity job, well, it's going to be full-time. But, you know, the right. university, you know, it was a part-time position. So, you know, I worked at the CWPA office, and then I took a high school coaching job at Episcopal Academy. And subsequently, that's where my wife was working at the time, still does. And she was a former Iona player, maybe eight years younger than me. So the Iona circle is so, it's so tight, right. right? So you go back for an alumni game. You know, I think I was on, I think I was coaching the boys team when she was on the girls team. You know, I was maybe 23 years old. So we knew each other then. Uh -huh. uh, but then when I started working at Episcopal, that's when we, um, that's when we hooked up. Nice. And she's a, she's a fourth she's... grade teacher and she used to be a water polo coach, but okay. um, now she's just, you know, just a just a just a fourth grade teacher as well, but now she's not coaching anymore. Okay. When when is your you my, guys are having? Yeah, another? my son. We're having another boy. Oh, you're having uh, another boy. When is when when does he do? Twenty eight days. Oh sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's happening pretty pretty quickly. You know, it's amazing how quickly nine months goes when you're like you know when there's when there's pandemic. You know how quickly. Yeah. That so I guess you happens. guys had. Did you guys just found out you were pregnant then when we were up at? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. It would have been like mid February. Yeah, probably, so that was February. like, uh, yeah, I think I mean we might have just we might have just found out. I don't even. 
I think we were maybe just trying. That was like sure. pretty. When was that? I don't remember. That was. It would have been like late, maybe early March, late okay. February. Yeah, and then we shut down. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that you knew. I don't think you knew if it was a boy or a girl. Then maybe that was coming up soon or something. Right. And while we were up there, you had you had talked about uh, uh, your golf game. Are you getting a chance to play much during this, or did I get the um, courses around here all stayed open? I mean, they're like, Psh, yeah, we we the golf is the definition of social distancing. So they're like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we just glue the flag sticks in and call it a right. Day. That's that's about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I didn't play for a couple months during like like obviously March, March, April, May. But yeah, my wife is awesome. She like lets me play. Is you know maybe once or twice a no not once a week but you know for for a couple or like maybe two months in the summertime i was playing like once a week uh-huh. um so you know for me it's just a great way to get out of my own head and just kind of my, my old roommate he'd always call it the nothing place you know what i mean you just <laughs> you're, you're, you're just going to your nothing place right you're you know we're gonna get we're gonna go we're gonna go to the golf course and just get in your nothing place and just uh and just just play golf right so usually play with somebody else or do you like to go out by yourself or uh, you know i have a couple of like buddies that i play with but you know right now i mean i don't really, i don't play cart golf so just because covid really i haven't been in the cart with anybody in a long time so just walk the course so generally you only play by myself i have like another buddy i have like two buddies who play golf pretty regularly so if i want to play with them i'll call them up if not i'll nice. just play by myself I mean, you're obviously there's usually people there with you, but right. I mean, I've never found it. I never really had a care if I play with a stranger or not. You play from the tips, or are you? Uh... <laughs> no, golf is hard enough, man. I I play from the whites, you know, or the middle tees. I just played it last week, or yeah, maybe it was last weekend. I played from the from the blues, you know, the closest ones of the tips. And I was like, I don't know why the guy I was playing with. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. He wanted to play. He's like, oh, I'll play from the blues. I was like, oh, okay, sure. But that was a mistake. And like that 600 yard difference, you know, that's like really can yeah. kind of add up on certain holes. No, golf is hard enough. I play from where I think I should play, which is, you know, regular, regular people tees. Sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's a, there's certainly a big difference between hitting, you know, 170 into the pin than hitting from 190. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when when you start getting into that, there's a big difference. I know you always, I always kind of shake my head when I get out there with a stranger or whatever, and you, you see him hit off the first tee from the blues and you're going, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> <laughs> be a long day. Yeah, I know. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, we were playing with some, some older guys, not too old, but like older, you know, maybe, you know, mid, mid fifties guys. And we were playing from, you know, the back tee, backer tees you know, we would basically be driving the same shots, like mm-hmm. landing the same area. I'm like, oh man, if I was playing from, if I was playing up where I would normally play, we would, it would probably be a little bit better, but yeah, that doesn't stop you from sculling your second shot in. So. No, no. Especially after <laughs> one that you just strike down the middle. Right. 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 My brother, <laughs> uh, my brother went and, uh, he played pebble with my mom for his 40th birthday. Oh, and uh, I think he was like, I can't remember. He was 215 or 220 out, you know, and they're all caddies out there, right? That's that's part of the experience. And he said, uh, he, he, hey, you think I can get here from a three wood? And the caddy said, eventually. That's <laughs> 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 just so good. Uh, it's, that's the best. Yeah, I was playing from the blue. Yeah, you can you get there eventually. You know. <laughs> that's pretty funny. 
Quarter two is pretty heavy on refereeing. Uh, games Damon remembers, advice to up-and-coming referees, and a discussion on how to get out of a flat spin. So when we think about water polo, Damon, what are what are some of the there's some of the best moments you can remember about refereeing specifically? Uh, that's a great question. You know, actually, I think the the last time I, I refed a game that I really, like was like, wow, this is like really, really fun was um, I think it was two years ago at this like Interact Championship. Maybe it was maybe it was two maybe it was 2018. Interact's like a private school league around us, so you know Haverford um, Episcopal Academy, the Hill School, some of those um, um, Maryland teams come up, Calvert Hall, uh, Gonzaga. Anyway, they had this Interact Championship, and um, they uh, or even it was called Eastern Championships. Anyway, it was like pretty high level, and and the two teams were going at it really, really well, and 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 it was it was a really high level boys game, and 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 it was really fun, just like competitive was loud you know the, the boys were moving really quickly and i was working with my partner and and you know it was really fun i was like what well, we walked away from that game and going you know what the, the best team won and nobody mm. we didn't we didn't screw up um you know it was a close game there were some there were some tight calls and something like that i think from just just remembering just thinking about that game was was really fun so it, it was that was a good time and I think about the last time too is like I think I did my first varsity game last fall. It was the Sound Navy, so that was cool mm. experience too. Um, and like that shallow, shallow pool at LaSalle. So that was a really cool experience. Um, you know, kind of doing a varsity game and just like really being at that level. Granted, it wasn't like a super tight game, but it was physical, and you had to like be really focused and on your on top of it. So that was cool. Do you like to travel or would you rather stay closer to home? Um, I put in for some stuff to travel with. I think it's challenging sometimes to get certain things when you, you know, obviously the, the, the economics of, of, you know, flying someone across the country to right. do a club game would be, uh, you're not going to get it. Right. So right. I think staying local is something that I've done pretty regularly. I don't do any U.S. water polo stuff. So I don't like really have a chance to do all the lot a lot of things because you know it's really challenging to do um to like leave your house and and, and you know leave your wife and your, your son or your daughter and be like all right well i'm gonna go away for the weekend and you know i'm gonna you know try to balance you know you try to balance work life and and um and family right so i guess long story short is i try to stay local as much as i can but there will be times where I think if it's a good opportunity, you know, I'll definitely go. If it's a, you know, good college varsity stuff or even some club stuff can be really fun. Yeah. You know, my older daughter, she's away at school now. And I find myself wondering what did I miss out on uh, from her high school days or even younger than that, you know, (laughs) um, with her. But then I also find sometimes when, you know, you don't put in for that, event on the east coast we're in kind of a weird spot here because i mean by by car we're about nine hours from from you right um or from from villanova i just know it's nine hours we went to that varsity thing uh, a couple years ago but um there's also that 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 missing out thing you know because you know if you're not challenging yourself or you're not putting in for games that sometimes you just find yourself wondering, man, if I, if I stop putting in for things how do i let the assigners know yeah i want to do things 
you know, right. and then they call you and they say, well, would you like to do this thing? No, I don't want to do that thing. I just want to do that thing. And then you're kind of like, ah, you kind of need to make yourself available because probably just human nature. You know, I know when I call that guy or that gal, she, she will help me out no matter what. So I try and help them out with some other assignments. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, you, you definitely want to, you have to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get seen, right. Or you want to, if eventually, if you do want to do varsity, right. So, right. I mean, I think that's the, that's not maybe the goal of everybody, but I mean, it's really, it, it can be fun to, to whistle a varsity game because they're exciting and they're fast mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's, you know, the highest level yeah. of water polo. Uh, but at the same time, there's, there, there's people that don't want to do varsity at all because it can be like really stressful. You enjoy that stress? I mean, do you do you thrive on that? You're easy like Sunday morning. That's what the Commodores would but, tell you know, us. That can, but, <laughs> but that can sometimes, man. I don't know. You know that that can, it depends on the situation, I guess. Really, I mean that that sometimes that stress can get a little bit. It can get hectic. I guess it really depends on if you have a good partner too. Sure. Because if you're if you're like if you're, you're in a sink or swim, and you're in a really close game, and you don't have a good partner or somebody that might be better than you, or maybe on equal footing, that can be really probably hectic. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think that I, I, you know, I do a pretty good job. What would you tell a referee who is maybe refereeing some high school stuff around you, you know, kind of average to above average competition. And they said, Hey, Damon, I, you know, I'd, I'd really like to start maybe doing some club or maybe even some varsity, like something just popped into your head right now that you would tell that person, well, if you're going to do that, you need to think about X. Yeah. I would say like, I would say that just like being confident and like Mm -hmm. knowing the rules, Mm -hmm. I think is certainly being, um, it's certainly like if you want to try to take the next step or if you want to get to that next level, just know all the rules. Yeah. And that's even really hard for me and for everybody, I think is because the rules change. Right. And so you're like, Okay, I think I know that rule, and but this is like such an obscure rule. Anyway, you kind of can go down that 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 rabbit hole of like such nuance, right? There's so many rules, um, but I would say be be confident, right, and be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like thinking about like um, like an experience I had when I was like pretty young referee. I did this New York Championship at Army. I don't even know. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, I don't even know when it was. It could have been 2006, 2007. Anyway, I was like, you know, I had refed a lot of you know, high school games. I had refed a lot of practices. You know, coaches think they, they you're like, oh, oh, I've refed a ton of practices, right? Oh, sure. But it's like <laughs> sure. the way you referee in practice is completely different, you know. And so, you know, I've coached Warpole for so long that, you know, coaches think they can just step right in. Yeah. So I had that, I had that like, oh yeah, no, I, I know it too, right? Um, so <laughs> I worked with, I was working with, um, I think it was me and Steve Sargalski and then somebody else. Anyway, we were just doing a bunch of games. You know, you, you, you know, you're, you're at those weekends where it's a club weekend, it's a long weekend, championship weekend. You, you maybe do 14, you know, 12, 14 games. Anyway, we did the championship game and I mean, I, we did the championship game and I don't remember like what the scenario was. I think I made a couple of mistakes. It was one of those ones where the game kind of spirals. You, you, yeah, yeah. Might go, you might start getting in your own head. And I mean, this, this, this one player was like, he was a former varsity player. 
Um, so, you know, he certainly, he certainly knew better than everyone. Right. Um, as he was thinking, um, but he was chirping at me and, and I didn't, you know, I, long story short, he like was really upset the, how the game ended. And like, he felt like I made the critical mistake. Right. Just come, mm. kind of came at me after the game. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a, it was a little bit of a scene. Um, and I was like, Oh man, this is not a good thing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, nothing happened, fortunately. Um, but I like look back on that experience and I go, you know what, I can probably have done a thing, some things differently mm-hmm. to kind of like, what would I have done differently? I would probably would have shown more confidence, maybe known the rules a little bit better, but also been a little more like proactive. Like when you have someone in that situation and, you know, whether, you know, just being like, you know, carding earlier or excluding earlier, or just like, I guess maybe just being a little bit more, just maybe a little more authoritative mm-hmm. to not put yourself in that situation. Cause eventually, you know, I don't know if I made the right call or not. I, I can't remember. I remember it was a ball under, um, and that was kind of the tipping point for him. What is the one piece of advice you might give someone when they, when they know, first of all, you have to notice that you're spiraling or the game is firing. So you have to be able to admit that there's a problem before you can fix the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to be able to sense it. But if somebody were to say, Hey, do you, do you have like kind of a, a thing that you do a best practice when you feel it starting to spiral, it could be decorum. It could be physicality. It could be something. Do you do something physically to reset yourself or mentally? Do you I don't know. That's a great or? question. Yeah. I, I honestly like, I mean, you know, I do it like, I do it like impersonally when you're like, you know, when you, when you know, you shouldn't say something, you know, when you're, whether, whether you're talking to somebody or you're talking to your wife and you guys are, you're getting an argument or something, you're like, you know, you're like, okay, you know, just don't say anything right now. You know, don't say anything right now. This is a, this is a good time for you to shut your mouth. Sure. In general. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, you know, I would say that, it's a, how do how do you pull yourself back from spiraling? I would say you just I don't know. You just gotta just take a deep breath and try to collect yourself and just try not to think. Let that one play, you know, like that one play, just like dwell on that one play, right? Um, since I have like been interviewing, uh, you know, some officials for that for that series that we do, um, I've, I've been asking that question and I've gotten some 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 pretty good responses from some officials. So. Well, that's a really great one. And, and, you know, what is the most challenging thing about water polo refereeing is that would be one of them, you know, is just yeah. really not allow yourself to, to get, to get too caught up in what you just, what call you just made, whether it was right or wrong and just try to like, you know, maybe just reset and take, take a couple minutes to yourself or, you know, maybe not have that opportunity. Um, just sure. try to take a couple deep breaths and try not to dwell on it really. Yeah. I think it's easier said than done. You know, especially on the on the club level, it's probably a lot easier because you're just like the less pressure. But if you're in a pressurized situation, you know, that becomes magnified. Mm-hmm. And I think and like you said before, it's like that to push yourself out of your comfort zone. One of the more situations where you put yourself in where it's kind of high pressure, you're like you can kind of lean back on that experience and go, Oh, I remember when I mm-hmm. was in a similar situation and you know, I got through it. And and then you find yourself in another one. You, know, you just kind of become, become accustomed with that. So I think an experience really kind of buys that. To wrap up our conversation, 
Dame and I talk about American Water Polo, its mission around its priority being members and coaches, and what he's taken away from being a senior leader of that organization. You know, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna add that question to my to my questions of, of officials, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you after you make a mistake, how do you regroup? Sure. I would love to hear sure. like the top level guys women say. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, that's, that's what I really like about, you know, what you're, what you're doing. Here here comes a segue. You're pretty heavily involved in American water polo, right? Aren't you kind of the guy when it comes to a lot of the membership stuff and a lot of the organizational stuff? Is that, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, you know, it's a small organization. So it's myself and and Dan Sheridan. No, I, I focus a lot on the membership, um, day-to-day operation. Dan um, works on development and, and the financial side of things. So yeah, we're, we're, we are the, we're the people behind the, the organization. Yeah. What, what would you say it? Cause I, I learned about American water polo about uh, maybe let's see, my daughter would have been in fourth grade. So it would have been about eight years ago. Okay. Um, you know, we signed up just to kind of help with the insurance and things like that. Like I think most people, uh, maybe they don't, Maybe most people know what the mission or the vision is of USA Water Polo. I have some ideas on that. What, sure. what would you say the mission and vision of American Water Polo is? We're, we're like a true nonprofit where our mm-hmm. members are like are the only priority. That's kind of the principle one. And the principle two for us is coaches are, are like a valued member of the organization. Um, so a lot of what we do is, is based on trying to grow the sport, but also supporting athletes um, through competition and also supporting coaches through, you know, education and providing resources, um, you know, for them to better develop their club team. So that, that's a pretty much, you know, when Dan started the organization and I think it was 2003, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, you know, in on the ground up, but you know, that, that's when he started the organization to try something different, you know, having, you know, started the Collegiate Water Polo Association, having worked for uh, U.S. Water Polo for a number of years um, in, a, in a collegiate development area of their organization. And he decided that he wanted to do something um, for the grassroots development and sure. then started American Water Polo. Where would you say American Water Polo is most popular in the United States? I would say like the, the large areas where I'm in the country are like Chicago, uh, Georgia. Okay. There's an area in Tennessee and obviously Philadelphia area mm-hmm. and then San Diego as well. Yes. Um, so those are kind of some pockets throughout the country um, that we're involved in. I'd say, you know, the summer times are pretty busy for us. We do, we run a, um, a couple different leagues in Chicago. Um, we're running, um, you know, support for them. We do a lot of the scheduling and, you know, membership packaging, you know, all, you know, social media, so all the things that you would see on our website, our social media, um, you know, answering the phones, all that kind of stuff and development, talking to coaches, talking to officials um, and trying to, you know, grow the sport. You mentioned some professional development. What are you learning from these interviews or what is something that has just been reaffirmed in your mind? Yeah, I think that I think that coaches development is something that's like really important. It's always we always talk about that at the office and you know, really kind of developing our coaches, I think is really important. And you, you, you look at all these, you look at a lot of other sports and, and, you know, basketball, swimming, you know, a lot of these uh, more popular sports, there are so many coaches to, 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 to choose from, you know, you start, you start a water polo club or you, you, you have a lot, I have a lot of coaches that always reach out to me and say, Hey, 
you know, do you know anybody in this area that, you know, might want to coach water polo or, you know, you, you have, even on the collegiate level, you have, you know, there's a new program starting in, you know, X, Y, Z, university. And, you know, that, that, that athletic director is looking at, you know, looking at the CWPA or, or Dan Sheridan to say, Hey, can you give me a list of people, you know, that are going to coach water polo and that, you know, are high quality character people. And, and sometimes those lists are, are short. And so, you know, there, there's certainly a lot of people out there, no water polo, but I think that, you know, people that want to stay around, want to develop a program, um, and are also high character people, or I think are, are, are not as, they're, they're a little bit challenging to come by, I think in, in our sport. So I think that coach development is something that, that is, uh, certainly paramount to, to, to helping our sport grow. Sure. What are you learning from, uh, referees? Have you done several of those? Yeah, I've done about maybe, maybe 10 of them. I have a couple okay. more, I have a couple more out there that I want to try to do. Um, what have I learned from referees? You know, I think referees, they, they love to, they, they, they're, they're appreciative. They're, they want to, they look at it, you know, the opportunity to talk about their sport and they're pretty excited about it. Cause I think that referees, you know, it can be sometimes, uh, you know, a factor that's just, there's it's not really a factor, you know, there's, there's coaches, there's players, then, then there's the referees. Right. So I think that, you know, um, referees are, are, are really appreciative to, you know, be asked to do stuff like that, to kind right. of share their insight, to share their experiences. Um, and I think that they're pretty, uh, pretty excited to, to do that. I love talking about water polo. I, I think it's a great sport. It's certainly, I mean, gosh, when I think about where I was in, 1989 as a freshman in high school to where I am now, it's, 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 it's been a major factor in my life. So I appreciate yeah. doing that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I think that's uh, I think a lot of people feel the same way about water polo. It's such a small community. Um, and then a lot of people have, you know, a lot of people have played and they've gone on to coach and they've gone on to officiate, but there are other people out there who, who just kind of get into water polo never having played. Right. Or, sure. or a lot, you know, certainly some officials that I've known, even that I've talked to who've, who never even play water polo, who just uh, just picked up the whistle because they, they liked the sport or somebody talked them into doing it, and then they yeah. kind of caught the bug, right? As big as the United States is, water polo is still a very small community. You know, when somebody that we know, you know, either passes away or gets a new job or stops refereeing, we, we all seem to sometimes, somehow it gets back to us that we notice that. Oh, so-and-so, they're not, I haven't seen them in a while. Well, they're not, they're not refereeing anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> there's always this disappointment of, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it is. And that's hard, though. You know, the work life balance is challenging, too, because you're not especially some of the events. It's harder to go away and give up, you know, you know, the, your time commitment to what it is sometimes can be greater than, you know, the, the monetary value. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and, and, I, and everybody's and everybody's in a different situation right in life. So, um, you know, some people can afford to do that. And then that's great. Some people can't. Uh, okay. Fourth quarter, got some rapid fire questions for you to end. Are you excited to play Damon? I am very excited. Yeah, I know you Thank haven't you been provided me. with these. So, uh, <laughs> if there's something that, uh, uh, you're like, yeah, don't put that on there. I will edit it out this. I promise you. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Does it have to be rapid fire? No, you can just no, talk it out. Just, Rapid yeah. fire is a little more neon. You know, it's for the advertisers, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> okay. In Monopoly. Like, what's that? I was going to say, you're going you're to make room for like a square space ad you're going to read or something? Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's you, exactly you what I some, do. Yeah, you, you got you to get your sponsor plugs in. <laughs> I do. 
I do. I need to find a sponsor first, I guess. (laughs) In the game Monopoly, there's a community chess card where there's a bank error in your favor. If you had $100,000 to spend on any car, what would you get? Oh, I don't know. I was just talking to my wife. I was like, I want that like new Audi, like uh, you know, A eight. I think it's like this Audi A eight. I don't even know if it's a, it might not. It might not reach the hundred thousand dollars threshold. So you might throw in a couple of bells and whistles. Are you that? Are you a Chrome Delete black kind of guy? Just no, no color oh, whatsoever. Or are you a white or red? I would say like a like a like a gray. Yeah, you know, maybe like a maybe like a grayer oh you know what i like i really like the i and i think it goes over the hundred thousand dollar threshold so you know that like well that, we'll throw in some extra that um that mercedes g-wagon oh yeah yeah i yeah. think that's sharp yeah mercedes that, boy mercedes yeah that, that i want to drive a mercedes wagon that's a real you know that boxy one yeah yeah yeah, that, that, yeah i've I, seen I those like that. yeah they're they're you know you that's certainly another level yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, when I yeah. see people driving those, I go, "Yeah, that person's that yeah. person's on another that, that level." Set yourself above on that, you know, hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> now that, or you could have a house. I'll take the car. Yeah, right. Favorite golf course you've ever played? You know, there's a couple of really nice courses around me. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's like a really there's a nice course around me called Turtle Creek that I love. Uh, like love, you know, it's just like one of those. You know, it's one of those courses. It's like not super expensive, but they keep it in really great shape. Yeah, it's just like it's, it just kind of fits your eye. Um, I haven't really had the opportunity to. And then there's actually been a couple of really nice courses I played in, um, like the Ocean City, Maryland area. Okay, I think it's called. I haven't really had the opportunity to like go on a golf trip or do anything like really really fun like that. That's kind of on my bucket list. Okay. I want to go to this. Um, I think it's called the Robert Trent Jones um, mm-hmm. uh, Trail. It's mm-hmm. in like Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. I think it's in Georgia. Have you heard it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to walk that trail. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> so that speak. would be all right. But that takes uh, five days. And... Yeah. Yeah. I would probably take a little bit more than that. There's probably maybe like there's a bunch of different courses. I mean, I think there's maybe 15 courses. So you know, some have like 36 whole facilities. I would like to do that. Oh, you know what? I did play. I did play Marion West. Okay. I would where, say probably the nicest course. It's like uh, a Marion Country Club or Marion Marion Marion. It's like a really nice golf course around here. They have the East Course, which is a which they played the U.S. Open on a couple of years ago. That's um, the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. And then I played the West Course, which is it's not the East Course. <laughs> sure. Sure. It, it was nice, but I don't get on too many private courses. Hmm. Yeah, they don't let me on private courses. <laughs> I'm like Spalding. <laughs> All right. So as a referee, complete the following. I love it when coaches blank. I guess, you know what I would say, thinking about it, like I would say the I love when coaches are just professional. Mm. You know, they yes. don't, you know, obviously, you like you said, they can chirp. But when they like are really attacking and, and, and kind of like take it to the next level, I don't think that that's that's not right. That's a great that's a great word. I, I think that would be something upon which 
if I were a coach, I would be, I would be reflecting and ruminating a lot. Can I, can I be defined as a professional just as coaches would ask out of us? Right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Okay. I'm not going to edit that. I'll edit out all the shit in the middle, but I'm, <laughs> how's it going? If you could get tickets to any sports event in Philadelphia, which one would you choose to go to with family and friends? I would probably say like a really good Sixers game. Okay. Just because I, I think that basketball is a, is a good, um, it's a good sport to watch live. Sure. And sure. I like, is Julia like Serving still sports. playing for the Sixers? <laughs> yeah, they're bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, nice. I would say the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. not, I like I like the Eagles, but I don't think football is a at stadium is not it's not that a great of an experience. Right. I would much rather watch it on the couch. Yes. And hockey, I think, is really cool. Um, and baseball is kind of just kind of like a little bit boring to me. We talked about this. I think we, you and I talked about this. What is the toughest part of the game for you to whistle? I mean, if 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 you're gonna throw out like the like the mental side of it, you know, okay. having like thought really more about it, I think the mental aspect of it. But if you were gonna like say physically, like what part of the game, like 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 I would say that, I mean, the center position is really hard. I think actually, I think what more more challenging than that is transition. Yeah, yeah, transition is like because. There's just so many things going on, especially that first like couple seconds, right? Yeah. That's when everything happens. Boom, boom, boom. Like everyone's everyone's trying to get the additional position and then they're trying to either get a you know a, 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 an exclusion or you know, they sub under, it could be an offensive. Yeah. So I think that that like especially certain teams too, um, certain players, that can be like really challenging and that's can be where really where like a lot of um, you know, calls are made or or, or calls are missed. Ooh, yes. If you could have a superpower, what would you choose? I would think flying. Yeah. 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 That'd flying. Be okay. You Definitely. can get to the nothing place. Yeah. You can get anywhere very quickly. That's right. You get That's to right. the nothing place. You're right. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that phrase, man. That's great. <laughs> that and professional. Those are, those are my two takeaways for sure. <laughs> All right, two more. My favorite holiday is blank because blank. Favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Mm. Because there's no religious aspect to it, and it's just it's obviously great. I love cooking great food, and I love having a good family. That's just my favorite for sure. I'm I'm Jewish, and my wife grew up Catholic, so we kind of try to do a lot. So, you know, you know, there's Passover, there's Christmas, there's Easter. So there's a lot of religion to tied to a lot of stuff that we do when it's big holidays. But, you know, Thanksgiving is just straight, you know, being around family for, you know, you know, non-denominational reasons, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To give thanks. For sure. Final question. In the, this is you speaking. In the end, I hope people around me appreciate me most for blank uh i don't know i don't remember that i don't remember that one being on the sheet i don't think it was (laughs) um you know somebody who was a was a great friend a great teammate and interested in um doing the right thing and enjoying life (laughs) 
spot on. That's great. That's great. Okay. Well, that's the game you won. My eulogy. Oh, thank you. What Congratulations. That's that's a big win. <laughs> big win for you. You are you are one to know in the rapid fire questions. Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, hey man, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, like I said, you know, I continue to meet great people. I I super dig what you're doing with with that American water polo stuff. They're easy to listen to. Um, I think you're an easy dude to talk to, and and uh, I'm glad I can call you one of my good friends from water polo. That's very very much so. Yeah, it's it's it, they're just folks you you just kind of connect with. I mean, they're folks that I enjoy refereeing with, but after the games, it's like I right, maybe I'll see my pool deck again. You know, yeah. but. Uh, when yeah, I was kind of thinking about this, I thought, yeah, Damon guy, you know, we seem to connect pretty well. We got, got a lot in common and really, really like how you speak about uh, your wife and your your son and now your your other son uh, on the way here. And I, I think we share that in common that you, you mentioned the, the work-life balance, bro. I, I, I struggle with that still. It's been nice not having water polo because it's kind of reset some things, but I miss it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, my dude. Well, hey, man, uh, keep up the good work with that stuff, Damon. I really appreciate it, and good luck uh, to you and Chad, your wife. I will uh, see you soon, man. Hope you get out and play some golf. That would be okay. Yeah. That would yourself, be okay. I would not take, turn that down. Give so. yourself a break. You should take take time off and do it. For sure. All right, buddy. Take care, right. man. See you. See you, Damon. Here's the thing I really like about doing tournaments around the country you get to meet the best people. There's certainly a camaraderie built on deck, refereeing with a partner, maintaining control of such a physical sport. That that can't be denied. But more important to me, it's the opportunity to talk with other referees who have these amazing stories and are actually not that different from me. They just happen to live in other parts of the country. I had a great weekend with Damon and Jason at a tournament in Grove City in February. And here we are, eight months later, catching up on family, talking about water polo, and just kind of sharing a few laughs. It's just another example of why water polo continues to give me more than I could ever possibly deserve. If you get a chance, check out AmericanWaterPolo.org. There's a tremendous amount of training aids on there and other information dedicated to developing water polo around the country. Really appreciate you listening today. We're going to have Shane Unger, head coach at Gannon University, on our next episode. Until next time, y'all, be good to the refs. Shout out to our friend and fellow referee Adam Carroll for That's a Foul theme music. If you like what you heard today, tell a friend where to find us and follow us on your podcast service. As always... You can find show notes and other topics covered on today's show on our website, tafpodcast.com.